Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Steve Scott with me. Steve is a Kindle publishing professional. Some people will call him a guru, but I think professional is just a much better way of describing what he does. I counted about 17 titles by Steve on Amazon, but the actual number of books Steve published, I believe, is much higher than that, and you will find out why later, hopefully. Uh, welcome, Steve. Well, thanks for having me on, George. I actually like the word professional better than guru. Guru is kind of, I don't know, for me, not a great word. Yeah, you would call maybe a doctor a professional, but so many people can call themselves gurus nowadays, so I don't like to use that word too much. Entrepreneur, I like that one. Entrepreneur is even better. So a Kindle publishing entrepreneur. Um, so thanks for being here, Steve. Uh, I didn't get the number of books right. How many books did you really publish? I have 41 right now. Um, the What you referred to, like the 17, that's kind of in under my internet marketing space. And I have nine under the habit space. And that's actually where I'm doing a lot of my writing now, just all talking about habits and stuff. Okay. Uh, what's the reason for that switch? Can you can you I mean can you get into that? Why why you made that switch? Uh, or yeah, is just an organic move pivot? I guess it was yeah kind of a pivot I suppose because um, really when I write all those internet marketing books I really felt I was providing good content but at the end of the day I started just kind of running out of ideas and because basically all I was doing at the time was just writing Kindle books and I had a lot of experience in the internet marketing space before that. But really, I was at the end of the day, at a certain point, just writing Kindle books. And actually, it was a couple of reviews on those internet marketing books, basically, with people saying that oh, all this guy does is just make money by making money. And in my head, I was like, all right, challenge accepted. Let me do this in a brand new market where I don't have any evidence or presence and see what I could do. So I just kind of picked habits because I just basically – I felt over the last 10 years, it's really been habits that have helped me succeed just by kind of doing stuff on a daily basis. And that's how I, I kind of just decided to turn into a massive case study just – kind of talking about how I built the habits market and also on my Steve Scott site blog, basically talk about the specific tactics that I'm using. So tell me how you got into the Kindle book publishing business. How did you become an entrepreneur that specializes in, in Kindle books? Um, well, at the time, I guess this was February 2012, I heard about Kindle publishing, but I use it more or I consider it more like a traffic generation strategy. So kind of like what, I, what like most people do, I just took some old blog posts I put it in the book and threw it up there, and really not much happened. And then a couple of months later, I tried it again with the second Kindle book. I threw it up there, and at the same time, I realized that the book was part of what they call KDP Select. And I'm sure we'll get into it, but basically with KDP Select, you can give away a book for five free days. And then at the time, during like a couple, about a year and a half ago, when you put a book away for free after it gets a bunch of downloads, it starts to rank on Amazon's paid engines, and so basically after the free promo of the first book, it just starts selling pretty well. It starts selling seven to ten copies a day, even when I put it up to two ninety nine price point. And I did the math. I was like, wow, that's you know, that's ten to fifteen bucks a day with pretty much no effort. And at that point, I was kind of hooked. I was like, well, what if I decide to sit down and once a month write a Kindle book and see what happens? And pretty much since September two thousand twelve, I've been doing that, just kind of publish on a consistent basis and trying to learn from each book that I published, learn what I did right and what I did wrong, and, and improve on the process. And what, which book title was this one, the, the first one that kind of you know, oh, yeah. showed you that you know, there, is a, there is something here? It's the ultra-spammy 55 Ways to Make Money Online, and 
uh, I, the one good thing about that is it's my worst effort, and you always want to have your bet, your first effort be your worst effort because that shows that you're improving. But yeah, I, that's, I have it at ninety nine cents now because I don't really think the value's there. So um, yeah, it was just basically not the greatest book, but I definitely learned a lot just by from that first experience. You know, it's funny you say that. That you know, I mean, it takes effort to put a book together, even if you say that it's not a you know, not the, maybe the best book, but people spend four bucks on a coffee at Starbucks. And, yeah. uh, you know, I would imagine that, you know, even if it may, it may be not great literature, but, you know, to spend 99 cents on something uh, that may actually help you make a living someday, I don't think that's a bad investment. I'm not trying to, like, patronize you, but <laughs> sometimes people think, you know, they, they want to spend a dollar on something and they don't think twice about spending five bucks on uh, liquid candy. So yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just my opinion. Absolutely. I, I, I also like to think about that um, bottom line is like the – well, for me, the, I find that the Amazon marketplace is getting complete – is getting a little bit more competitive. So I'm trying to basically improve on it and make every book a little bit better than the previous one. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, really a dollar or three dollars or whatnot is – it is less than a cup of coffee. But I try to provide actually as much value for that cup of coffee as possible. So you have been doing this since about 2012, right? So give us an idea, our audience, um, today. If I want to start today on, you know, we talk about how to select niches later or whatever, what your advice you have on that. But if I want to just start today, what are my chances? Because the competition is, is a, lot, a lot higher now than what it was when you started. Uh, yeah, and that definitely, I'll be I'll, right up front, I'll be absolutely honest. It is getting harder and harder. Uh, what I would recommend is a couple of things. First off, I would recommend and we'll, we'll go to niche selection in a bit, but I would definitely recommend, like you would with a blog or any podcast, YouTube channel, that sort of thing. You want to pick a niche. You want to pick some sort of market where you have kind of, if you could imagine a Venn diagram in your head, you want to have a combination of profitability, passion, and personal um, profitability, passion. And, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot the third one. We'll get back to the third one in a second, but I, I just wrote this down the other day, and I forgot about it, of course. Um, but, um, shoot, now I'm, getting, now I'm completely stuck on idea. Anyway, you basically want to find something you're personally interested in that actually has some income potential, and you want to completely focus on that. And what I mean by, by completely focus on, you want to write a book about each specific problem that people have in this particular market. Um, what I would actually suggest first is to start – building an email list pretty much even before you write your first Kindle book. I would suggest writing a pretty in-depth piece of content, anywhere from five to 7,000 words or just even a collection of different tools or websites that can help people with that particular market and start building an email list on a squeeze page. Um, if you want, we can get it a squeeze page, but, but that's basically that's it. But, but how do you do that? Because that's almost like chicken or the egg. Like if I'm new and let's say I have a blog and I have maybe 20 good posts that I put hours into it, Nobody comes to my side. Nobody cares. So how do I build even a list of 100 emails? Well, uh, I'll, I'll definitely get to that, but I would say, like, well, I, the reason I really emphasize email list building first, because a lot of people, I see this all the time, it becomes like a secondary activity. It's like, oh, I'll get to it later, but let me publish this next Kindle book, and I'll keep on, and they keep on having, I'll put it off, I'll put it off, I'll put it off. But really, when you, when you start, I guess, the chicken or the egg, and when you start with the chicken or the egg, whichever way you look at it, that basically you have that email list, and then you could just literally build a whole business around it. And so basically you have that email list, and you could like, – if you're a blogger, you could start blogging, basically directing traffic towards the email list, or if you're a podcast or YouTube uh, person, again, just start basically creating content and pointing traffic on it, uh, uh, pointing traffic towards it. 
Now, when it comes to Kindle publishing, you'll basically apply the same theory that at first you're probably you won't have a huge audience. You'll probably your best you'll be best served by basically giving away your book for free. But with every single book promotion or every time you give away a book for free or even price it at a low price point, you put an advertisement at the beginning of your book to join your email list. And it's a very slow process at first and really it but it definitely builds up momentum as and time as you're basically creating more content in your blog or podcast or YouTube and you're like basically writing more books. And it's kind of what I mentioned before. Yes, definitely at first it's a slow process, and it's a very painstaking process. And to be honest, it can be very frustrating. But you'll find as you create more content, put more stuff out there, the email list will grow. You'll get more reviews. You'll get more sales. And just it just tends to build on each other. Like the whole, this whole process tends to build on one another. So, so was, was the beginning slow for you? Can you describe that maybe the first few books, how slow it was? Um, sure. Actually – I, I t in my in my mind, I basically break it down into two categories. For the for the internet business books, I'll be honest, it was fairly easy for me for the simple fact that I already had a blog presence, I already had an email list, and I, honestly, I, I had an advantage that a lot of authors didn't. And I'll be the first to admit that um, every time I release a book for free, I could easily get 20 to 30 reviews pretty much instantaneously within the first week or so. Um, so I definitely had that advantage, but I didn't really have that advantage with the habits market. I would say it was really it was a tough go for the first book or two. I, I remember I released the 70 Healthy Habits was the first book I released in that market, and it only got a couple uh, reviews and it got small sales. But then when I followed up, when I talked about the um, 10,000 Steps habit, when I, I basically I built on it and just kind of what I just said, I just kept on I kept on trying. I, I built the blog. I contacted a couple people in the blogging in that in the habit niche and talked to them and got them to pretty much promote some content. And it, it's a slow process, like almost like you would with a blog. You basically have to start somewhere, and you have to start building that building blocks and audience. Really, the only difference is you're just doing it through a Kindle platform. So how slow is slow? Well, let's say you're finished with your first book on habits. Uh, what was the title of that book, by the way? That was 70 Healthy Habits. Um, I forget the subtitle, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, so 70 <laughs> Healthy Habits. So, that, let's, so that's the first book. How slow is slow? Uh, let's say in a month, how many people downloaded the book or how many of that you sold? Um, do you remember those numbers? Um, off the top of my head, I know that did actually fairly well, uh, all things considered, because I didn't have an audience. I just I put it under a KDP-free promo for five days. And that did pretty well when it went back up to 299 price point. Um, off the top of my head, I think I got 300 sales. I really, I, I would almost have to double check my facts, but I think I got some decent sales. I think I got about 300 paid sales that first month. If I'm, because I remember I made like 600, 700 dollars that first month of that book. So I think that was around 200, 299, 300 or so. Okay, so you think that's? Uh, I mean, to me, that's that's a pretty nice number. I mean, yeah. considering you know you're just starting out. So do you think that's uh, that's a number? If if you put something online that you get that number that you feel you're, you're I'm kind of on the right track or or at least or or it doesn't have to be that high that number. I mean, how yeah, do you I, know that you know this is a complete bust or yeah there is something here I need to write the second book now because I have something going on. Um, well, a couple things. First off, I believe that you should continuously be writing books. So I mean, literally when your when your book goes to your editor to get edits, you should be outlining the next book. Like um, I literally emphasize a nonstop production line of these books. Um, but to to answer your previous question, kind of the rule or the litmus test that I like to use is what I call the thirty thousand rule. Um, if you're looking at books on Amazon and there's every book has an Amazon bestsellers ranking. 
if you look at a topic and you see it gets it's most a couple books in that particular topic have under a thirty thousand um, bestseller ranking. That's about five sales a day, and for me that's actually a pretty good mark. I I, I like to see on any new book about five sales a day, which is ultimately three hundred dollars a month, and to me that's a winner. I really don't actually shoot for the sky with these books. I'm just happy with that small number, and hopefully some books will do better than that. Okay, and give us an idea. How many books have you sold so far total? Do you do you remember that or? Jeez, I would say somewhere north of 150,000, maybe. I don't actually really. I know what I would average every month. That I haven't actually tabulated all of them together. But I'd say it's somewhere north of 100 to 150,000 dollars, or under to 150,000 unit sales. That is pretty impressive. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm very impressed okay. by that number. Uh, basically, so you wrote uh, seven, 70 Habits, and then you said, you know, immediately you're working on the next book. When you work on these books, do you write them? Do you outsource them? What, what, is, what do you think is the most doable strategy? Because, I mean, I would imagine to write 41 books, even if they're not on 1,000-page long books, it's still an awful lot of work if one person tries to do it all. Um, all the internet marketing, or marketing books have been 100% written by me. Uh, the Habits one, I've tried, but I end up just rewriting the whole thing, or a lot of them. I've tried outsourcing not books, but like sections of books. Like if I know that there's 2,000 words in this one particular section and it doesn't require a lot of my personal experience, I might almost like you would outsource an article, I'll outsource that section. But then by the time I go back over it and then have an editor look at it, it's really not even the same uh, piece of content. Um, so to be honest, to answer your question, I've tried using outsourcing. I just, it's not quite for me. Like I'm still kind of trying to to see if it might be something that I want to pursue in the future. But honestly, I find a lot of the books just I, I like it coming from my own personal experience and what I've actually done. Um, I'm sorry, there was, there was like two parts of that question, wasn't there? Yeah, but uh, it's okay. My my next question is. Um how much can you share any of the revenue numbers uh, regarding uh, your book publishing uh, for each individual title or overall? Um, maybe you could give us uh, an overall number, but also like what is a, what is a book that you know is not necessarily a home run, but it's a kind of a book that that makes you feel comfortable about moving forward with maybe the direction that you're going. Um, I would say for me, I'm happy with anything over $1,000 in a month with one book. That, that makes me super excited. Um, overall revenue numbers from Kindle Publishing, I'd say in the last six months, I've averaged anywhere from 14000 to actually this month, I'm on track for $40,000. So, but this is, this is what they call an outlier. This is like a very exceptional month, and I have to keep that in mind. It, just this, Why do you think that is? Because uh, one book is doing exceptionally well. And it's kind of what I also found with Kindle Publishing that when you have a book of product lines, and that's actually why I recommend kind of the slow process of building a brand, that when you have one book do really well, across the board, all your books start to do really well. Like I, I've actually seen a 50% increase in all my books just because this one's doing particularly well. Is that because of the, the author, when they look at the author, or is it because you're cross-marketing from within the book? Yeah, I would say it's a, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I try to, to really – I try to – uh, kind of my core philosophy or my core strategy is basically turn a single book buyer into someone who will go out and potentially buy all of my books. So there's, there's the stuff that I do internally. Like I actually, at the, at the top of my books, I have a redirect to my Amazon page. So that's like habitbooks.com. So literally you see the title, my name, and just the URL, habitbooks.com. So that automatically brings them right to my books. 
Um, and then I do a little bit of cross-promotion within the book, but I'm kind of getting away from that a little bit because I've gotten some negative reviews about people really getting annoyed by that. So I just try to – I'm starting to more focus on just creating the best possible content I can in the book and just leaving the marketing for later on. But yeah, at the end of the book, I have a, a more books by Steve kind of section where people can check out my other books. But honestly, a lot of what happens is when, when a, someone buys your book, Amazon does a lot of the heavy lifting. So for instance, there's the customers also bought. That is all that the group of books right below a description page. So if you're getting people to buy lots of your books on every single one of your books, or you're basically promote, or Amazon's basically promoting your other book line. And they do, they do a lot of things. They do a lot of the, their top category pages. Um, even if, if your books are starting to really sell, they'll actually send out emails that market for you. So literally Amazon will send an email marketing messages that promote your books, which is like – that's like the cream of the crop of type of promotion in my opinion. So uh, yeah, but really – I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I would say lastly, honestly, what, what, uh, the reason I emphasize email list building is I'm, I'm basically building a whole email sequence around my books. Like I don't really focus on trying to get people to buy individually, but – Every time I launch a book, I'm really pushing that that latest book to my email subscribers. Okay, yeah, and I, I noticed that because I downloaded uh, my blog, Traffic Sucks: Eight Simple Steps to Steps to Get a Hundred Thousand Blog Visitors Without Working Eight Days a Week. That's a long title, <laughs> but I downloaded it and I actually read it twice. I thought it was really good and. And I noticed that on Kindle, you know, immediately shows several of your other titles. So it was very easy to see what other books you have on there. Yeah, and I, I, I think honestly that's one of the main reasons I'm so bullish by Amazon is it's one of the few platforms I've seen that really, if you work hard and you're diligent and you really help Amazon, Amazon will help you back. It's I don't want to badmouth Google, but like basically a lot of times with Google, they have a pretty much a take it or leave it policy where Amazon really treats, in my opinion, their authors like gold, and they really – they're always constantly rolling out new strategies, new tools, and new ideas that you can use to push your book. So I'm kind of staying pretty loyal just by keeping all my books in their KDP Select program. Uh, how many words uh, do you think is a good rule of thumb for, for an Amazon Kindle book? I would say bare minimum if you're selling a book for $2.99, 12,000 words. Uh, lately, I don't publish something that's under 15,000 words, and even that's – even that's pretty low for me. I've, lately, besides actually the one I'm about to publish in a couple of days, um, that's around 15,000 words. But I'm really trying to push the envelope and get it up around 20,000 words. But that's just that's just me trying to, to continuously improve the process. But I would say 12, okay. no, no, no less than 12,000 words would be a good answer to your question. Okay. Now, let's talk about identifying niches because, I mean, to me – it seems like you know anything you could say about diet or weight loss sounds pretty good, and how to get rich type of stuff, and you know maybe about career advice and all that. But I would imagine it's a lot, lot more complicated than. That. So can you share us, you know, things? You know, how do you how do you select a niche, and what kind of system do you have that you could teach us about? Sure. Um, actually, I remember that third P from before: passion, profitability, and personal experience. And that that last part is what I feel. Unfortunately, a lot of Amazon authors are missing. They just publish stuff without any sort of background in it. And I really feel that you don't really necessarily have to be the quote-unquote authority in a particular market. It's not like you have to like have go to school for it. But I would say you at least have to have more experience than the common person, or at least a willingness to test out like different ideas. Like for instance, a lot of my books. I didn't really know about the topic a couple of months beforehand, but at least I'll go out and test it and try it and see what works for me. Um, but kind of going back to your question, I would say first off, you really 
you really want to find something that's personally interesting. You want to find something you find enjoyable. Um, and like I said, you just you you want to also basically have some background in it. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure it's absolutely it's profitable. And that's where that kind of the number of thirty thousand rule comes in. Is you definitely want to poke around Amazon. You want to look at books that, not necessarily you don't have to find the exact topics of books that you're trying you're thinking about writing, but you at least want to find out if there's a demand for that market. And a great example for this would be um, applying lipstick or hairstyles or that sort of thing. Uh, for a niche website, if you're creating YouTube videos, that's a great market. And definitely if you have like a Pinterest account, both are, are great examples of markets you can do on other platforms. But when I looked at this just for my own kind of edification, when I looked on Amazon, I really didn't find too many examples of any books really selling well. And that's an example of how some markets do really well in other platforms, but really it doesn't do well on Amazon. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, I find four kind of primary markets do pretty well. It's the health, wealth relationships and kind of personal passions and if you're kind of sticking to like obviously you really want to dive down into specific sub niches within within those but those four generally really work pretty well on Amazon so health wealth relationships and personal experience yeah personal passions like for personal instance passion. golf like every like golfers are like the most rabid uh, like sports like they just love every type of thing about golf um, I don't really know the first thing about golf, but I know I've seen a couple of books on Amazon do pretty well with, within the golf niche. But um, I would say you definitely want to find a, a – so like taking taking passions, you want to be a golf, but like maybe you'd even want to sub-niche it and try to find an ang a particular angle for it. Like you could be like the lazy golfer or something like that. Like you want to find some sort of particular angle that you can use on Amazon to, to kind of separate yourself from the other people publishing in that particular niche. So let's say you identify, you know, it's personal passions like golf, you know, just to, to, to play with that idea. What do you do next? I mean, how do you know? I mean, I would imagine even the title is key and, you know, like where do you dig? Where do you look for, for to, to, to drill down even farther? Um, I would say at that point, it, this goes back to the email list building. I know, I know it's a slow process. But I would say before publishing your first book, you want to have the email list locked and loaded and ready to go. But from there, I would basically explore the idea of golf. And instead of – because I see this all the time – instead of trying to write the, the massive compendium of golf advice, you want to basically create little subtopics within that golf. So you could have like how to knock a couple strokes off your golf swing or uh, uh, off your golf game. I, I'm probably going to butcher these terminology because I don't know a really golfer. Like the 53 golf places that you must uh, – the 53 golf um, courses that you must visit in your lifetime. Like ideas like that. You, you really want to take particular topics that people like within the golf niche, and each book should answer one particular question, um, how to find the perfect driver, something like that. You, you could literally play around with the, the whole – topic and just keep on releasing books that solve one particular problem that people have. And I really think that's the key to Kindle publishing is you don't want to solve every problem. You just want to focus really tightly on one particular like idea and really do your best to drill down and provide as much value as possible. And how long does it take? You've been doing this for a couple of years and you've, you've published 40 plus books. So you've done it a lot, obviously. So how long does it take for you to publish a book um, from maybe from the time when where you identified, I mean, now let's say your habits series, uh, from from knowing what you want to write about and to actually getting it into the Amazon uh, Kindle store. Sure, um, I have two answers to that question. Um, 
when I was really just completely focused on Kindle publishing and actually the book that you read uh, of, around that time frame, I was able to get books out around two to three weeks. Uh, I think my, my record was like 10 days. Um, these are normal size books. I had a couple that are like super short that really don't really count. But I would say 10 to 14 days when I was literally writing, I would say two, three hours a day, I was able to get it out at that pace. Nowadays, it's somewhere between five and six weeks. Uh, for the simple fact, I just have more going on in my life. Um, I'm not, I, I have a more kind of reliable income, so I can play around with the timeline, look, take a little bit slower, do a higher level edit, that sort of thing. So I'd say anywhere from two weeks to six weeks, and that really depends on your individual schedule. But I would say you want to publish no, no less than two, once every two months. So in addition to to making money from 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 book publishing or is it part of a bigger picture for you in terms of revenue generation uh, are you building uh, other products or other services around your books or do you have any kind of larger picture or it's just it's just the books in terms of your revenue um it's weird because i originally started the habit market with the idea that this was just going to be one income stream but it's actually really blown up enough that it's for me it's worth investing more time and just writing more Kindle books. That said, I'm starting to get into a little bit of affiliate marketing with my email list. Um, but I, I found that affiliate marketing is one of the things that I don't – I tried going out and finding products to promote, and I really didn't like what I saw out there. But it just, it just happens that two people I know that I've talked to in the past, they're both creating products about habits. So I'm more than happy to promote those products because I know they're going to be very helpful. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be adding – affiliate marketing to the revenue stream a little bit. I'm, I don't really want to take away from my core competency. But ultimately, I would say probably after the summertime and the fall sometime, I would like to take a couple of the books that are doing fairly well, um, create some slides, um, and create a couple of videos, and perhaps create like a video course or something along those lines. But for now, really, um, definitely for the habits market, it's like 90% income is the Kindle books or the audiobook versions with a little bit of a Amazon associate links thrown in there. But yeah, I would say almost predominantly uh, Kindle income. Okay. Um, to generate revenue, you need uh, traffic. So, um, you know, it's part of uh, most people's struggle uh, when they when they start anything. What do you think are the most important strategies or tactics to drive traffic to your site? Let's say, you know, you're at that phase when you want to build your email list before you even get your book on, on Amazon Kindle. You know, and I mean especially the first 12 months because I think that's when most people quit. You know, they, they've been doing it for a couple of months. They get excited and then nothing, you know, nobody comes and they just give up. So can you give us an idea if, if I start today, what do I need to really focus on in the next 12 months? Okay, I would say you first want to take a step back and if you could picture in your mind kind of the spokes of a wheel and at the center of this wheel is your email list. And I really want um, listeners to think of that, think of it that way. That at the end of the day, no matter what you do, whatever traffic strategy you try to apply, your number one goal, or as I call it, your most wanted response, is to get people on the email list. Um, and with that in mind, when you when you look at your blog, you definitely want to have an email offer on the right side of your um, your page, so actually some sort of email opt-in at the end of every blog post. Um, if you really if you want to get a little bit more aggressive with your marketing, actually have it as a splash page or a pop-up. Basically, the idea here is you really want to just focus on getting email subscribers. Um, and from there, really, um, a great strategy that I, I've used in the past, and I'm kind of I'm actually hiring someone to do it for my habit site is guest posting. Uh, that's as you probably know, it's it's a very like labor-intensive activity. 
um, writing content on top of blog posts and on top of Kindle, which can be very – it's just time-consuming. But I know guest posting actually really works with the simple fact that you're tapping to existing audiences. And um, if you're doing a good job, you're getting basically not only people coming to your website, but I also like to stick a link inside the guest post that refers people back to my squeeze page. Um, another traffic strategy that actually is starting to pick up, and I think that's a, a result of some guest posting uh, that I've done in the past, is basically uh, search engine rank uh, – organic search engine uh, traffic. Uh, in my opinion, that's a strategy that you really shouldn't focus on too much because basically Google will do what Google will do. There's really no control over it, and lately just really no way of really reverse engineering it or trying to, to, to shoot your pages up to the top of Google. So I think that's more of a byproduct of doing other strategies. But um, a great strategy that I'm actually implementing right now is SlideShare. Basically, I take my previous published content and my Kindle books and break them down to small little kind of lessons and turn it into a kind of a visual PDF that is posted on SlideShare. And basically at the end of every PDF is a offer to join my email list. So again, the idea is like you want just, for me, I just test a bunch of things and whatever seems to work, I just stick with it. And whatever doesn't work, I don't stick with it. So a great example of that is I got a bunch of traffic on StumbleUpon and of like 7,000 visitors, I think I got like three email subscribers. So I quickly learned that just it's not worth my time to even worry about that. So basically a lot of my traffic strategies, I just keep on testing different things and see what sticks. Okay, so right now, even though some people say, you know, guest posting is is not really working anymore, you find that it's working for your business? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you really have to take Take it in mind that you're not going to get a ton of email subscribers or a ton of traffic, but there's a cumulative effect that if you keep on getting lots of guest posts out there, it's, it's that whole seven exposures to a marketing message where people start to really click. That if they keep, they keep on going to different websites and see your name all over the place, you'll be more regarded as an authority on your particular topic. And um, But I would say at the end of the day, I, all this stuff is important, like guest posting, that sort of thing. But if you really want to focus on the Kindle book business, really just writing more Kindle books has seen – that seems to be the number one strategy for me. Just get get more uh, paid content out there and get it into KDP Select and just start using their countdown deals and their free promotions to get more visibility. So let's talk about guest, guest posting a little bit. Sure. Do you use some kind of a tool for it or also you know, um, how many how – many Blogs is reasonable for a human being to 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 be active on and to still provide value because you know you don't just want to say yeah this this is great and just put a link back to your site. So what do you think is a manageable number and how do you identify those those particular blogs? Well, I kind of cheat a little bit. <laughs> I have my VA, my virtual assistant, basically go out find. Uh, I gave her a couple of parameters like personal development, and for me, I kind of said don't. I don't want to offend anyone, but I said avoid all sites that have the kind of woo law of attraction type of spin. I want people to actually have personal development where it's actually like grounded in what I consider logic instead of just thinking of a magical universe provides everything. Hopefully, I didn't offend anyone. Um, but um, you know, so I basically gave her a list of instructions, and I had her uh, criteria like their Alexa ranking, um, like if they get a decent amount of like comments or shares on a site. Like I guess the idea there is just find sites that have like some traction on there. And then uh, she basically just writes a description of each site. So at the end of the day, I have like a 300, um, like a 300 list of different blogs, and I'm just kind of systematically going through identifying those blogs I feel could be best served by a guest post. But to answer your other question, I would say um, I would say at least a guest post every every two to three weeks. Um, really, at the end of the day, if you're really focused on Kindle publishing, um, you don't want to get too caught into the the traffic part of it. You want to just 
get the get the paid content out there. So I would say if you can try to get a post out there every two or three weeks or so, and just um, what I like to do is basically look at the kind of merging of what their site is about and what your site is about and try to find somewhere, some type of topic that would really hook their interest, like where you could put your spin, but also hook the particular interest of that audience. And really all you can do is just look at the, the posts that people like most on that website. And that kind of gives you a test of what people really find most enjoyable from that particular blog or just try to write something in, in that vein. Okay. Um, what, just a number, what Alexa ranking is acceptable, do you think? Um, I'm trying to get too hung up on it. I would say anything less than three to 400,000. But um, Alexa ranking isn't a perfect system. A lot of times uh, on certain certain niches, people really don't install their, their Amazon or whatever that tool that toolbar is. So it's, it is an imperfect system, but I would say less than 300,000. Um, but really, if I honestly, if I look at the blog and it seems like they have some decent like uh, connection with their audience and their people are talking back and forth, then I'll, I'll throw a guest post on there. So, I mean, so far it sounds everything went really well for you, but I'm sure there are some disappointments or maybe some mistakes. Oh, yeah. Um, can you share something that was a really good learning experience for you that you think our audience would learn from? Um, sure. I, I definitely – I'll start by saying a lot of my books have been complete bombs. Um, so this is – I would say the lesson, again, goes back to publishing on a consistent basis because that's the best way to, to make money in the long term. But I would say one book in – this definitely sticks out is a book called Resolutions That Stick. Um, and that basically I tried to time the whole New Year's resolution thing. So I released a book right before people were making their New Year's resolutions. I was sure that was just going to be a slam dunk, and that was basically a complete disaster. Um, and I would say the lesson there is actually do your research. Find out if it's a topic that people are actually interested in. I just – I assume that people want to learn about how to make good New Year's resolutions, but – Instead of actually providing value, the book turned more into just lecturing them about why they shouldn't make New Year's resolutions and focus on goal setting instead. So you think that now you know what you didn't know when you published the, that book about uh, New Year resolutions? Um, yeah, well, I, I know that there's not a market for it. Um, yeah, but I, like what I'm saying is like can you apply it to the next book? Can you actually oh, do something? Is there something actionable that you took away from it? Uh, yeah, Action was basically, at the, even at the very least, um, publish perhaps a, a post on your site or if you're a podcast or YouTuber, um, basically talk about the content and just kind of, it's almost like pinging. You're basically pinging to see if people even have interest in it. And if you normally get 15 to 20 comments and it's like hearing crickets chirp, then perhaps this might not be a great topic for, for your book. Or I would say at the very least go on Amazon if you don't see any books that uh, – are are there that really even remotely describe it, and that's probably a good sign that no one really cares about it. And I, I have successfully broken this rule where I didn't really see too much competition for, it and I wrote it, and it still did pretty well. But sometimes you, sometimes at the beginning, it's best just to stick with what you know will probably do pretty well. And then once you start to actually build a audience, then you can start to experiment and try stuff that maybe you, you wouldn't normally consider. But um, yeah, I would say definitely, I I would say focus on actual particular problems that people have and. I feel that a lot of times when people make their New Year's resolution, they don't even recognize that they have a problem. But a lot of times with these, the books I've had after that, there are actual legitimate things that people are going through that I try to solve with my books. So what do you think is a, a waste of time when it comes to Kindle book publishing that, that uh, maybe you spent your time or you see others spend their times or potentially somebody could spend their time on? 
Um, I would say um, majoring in minor details. Um, I do feel it's in, reviews are absolutely important, and you should look at reviews as a kind of guideline, especially the negative reviews, and see, see basically ways that you can improve upon the process. But getting lost in a trap of trying to respond to reviews or getting – or you know how sometimes you really get upset at someone and you spend the whole day mentally having an argument with that person and trying to knock down every one of their points? Like I've spent days sometimes at first where I'll, I'll literally sit there and I'll ruin my entire day just because of one negative review, and it's usually a passing two-sentence comment that really doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. So I would say worrying about stuff like that um, when you're first starting out. Trying to submit to 200 different free websites just to get those couple of extra free downloads. I would say just find those couple of top websites and just focus on getting results with that. Um, I guess yeah, just overall, just like trying to trying to worry about the stuff that truly doesn't matter. And what, honestly, what I found what truly matters is just writing good books, building an audience, and having that email list. And the, and when you try to, to freak out about all these little details, you're really not building brand. Okay. Uh, if you could train somebody to be a successful entrepreneur, so let's say somebody had a job now and say, you know, they see, see your success and say, you know, Steve, I, I, I'd like to succeed. What would be the first thing you would teach that person? I would teach them the one thing. Um, basically what the one thing mindset is, what is that one thing that could do the best for your business? And this is kind of, that goes back to the 80-20 rule where 80% of your sets often, come, often comes from 20% of your actual uh, tactics or strategy. So I would focus on telling this person basically to do that one thing, but literally do that one thing first thing in the morning. I'm talking get out of bed, walk over to a table, and just do the one thing. So for instance, my one thing has pretty much been writing for the last year and a half, and I've trained myself to get up in the morning and just write for an hour and a half before doing anything else. Um, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying that writing should be your one thing, but it could be creating a podcast. It could be creating YouTube. It could be, but uh, do, making sales calls if you're a sales professional. But find that one thing that has the best impact on your life and your business or your, even your personal life. Like if you're a runner, you could do that one thing that's running first thing in the morning. But find that one thing that really has the biggest benefit to your life and just focus on doing that right thing or doing it first thing in the morning before anything else. Steve, uh, thank you very much for coming on my on my show today and sharing your story. I mean, there is so much that I learned. I I, I got so much to to take away from this, and I hope our audience uh, does the same. How can people connect with you? Um, I would say just go to my blog, stevescottsite.com. Um, I've obviously we talk about email marketing. I have a free report there that answers come, uh, questions about Kindle publishing. But you have a lot of free blog content if you want to just check that out. And if you like what you see, you can join the email list. Well, Steve, thank you very much, and I uh, wish you much luck. Hopefully, maybe in a year, you can come back and tell us more of your, of your, of your success stories. Uh, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.